a listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Hello, welcome to another edition of Footy Talk. I'm James Graham, joined by Wade Graham. We're going to be talking all things Wade Graham's final home game, as well as... We're going to take a deep dive into this South Roosters game and, you know, NRL rivalries, suspensions, fines. What should we do? Hello and welcome, everybody, to another edition of Footy Talk. GI and Connor Watson are out but you've got the Grahams. The Grahams. It's got a ring to it. It does. It sure does, Wade. It sure does. First off, how you going, mate? Uh, not many weeks to go now. Yeah, it's good. It's exciting. Um, you know, just a day-to-day thing. Sometimes a bit of nostalgia sets in and I think about, um, you know, how long the journey has been. Um, but then other days, like yesterday, training was a pretty solid session. We're getting beat up, man. And you know what it's like chasing the young guys around day after day after day. I was... It's, it's, it's nice to know the finish line is coming and um, hopefully hopefully we play well this weekend and we can tack a few more games on in the finals and and make a run for it. But, yeah, I can see that finish line. And I must say the overriding feeling for me is excitement. Excitement. There's a bit of the unknown. You know, footy's taken up such a big part of my life or almost the entire part of my life for the last 16, 17, 18 years, even before I was playing first grade. So to be able to... See the finish line, like I said, and know that I'm going to step away from that part. There's excitement about what's next. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just thinking. So you maximum four weeks left, probably, you know, three or four sessions a week. What's that? So maybe 12 to yeah. 16 times of being told what to do. That was what yeah. I was looking for. When I, when I knew I was finishing, I was like, this is the last time I'm going to come to a gym and someone's going to be telling me what to do. I can just do whatever I want. after. No, well, not do whatever I want in my life, but in a gym, in the exercise regime, in that world, I can do whatever I want. No one's going to be forcing me to do anything. Yeah, and to like to, on top of that too, this time of year, finals around the corner, the weather's getting a little bit better, a bit warmer. The sessions actually, they're, they're still as intense, but, you know, they're a little bit shorter because they're just trying to get everyone primed for a run late in the year. It is the best time of the year to be a part of as a player. If you're in there. If you're in there. The winter slog is over. If you're in the mix, the best. If yeah. you're not. It's exciting, right? It's mm, September. It is. It is genuinely exciting. Yeah, it's, I don't know whether it's, you know, that warm breeze that comes through instead of the cold winter breeze, but September rolls around, feel the spring sun, sun break through, you know the, the big games are coming, and if you're a part of it, this is what you play for. Yeah. This is why you slog those hard yards in the preseason with your team, you go through the grind, the week in, week out, Fun sometimes, but punishment at times. There's NRL games throughout the year. It's a battle of attrition, the 27 rounds, and you, know, you put all that effort in for right now. You yeah. give yourself an opportunity to to make a run in the finals and ultimately win a premiership. Yeah, well, two of those teams that are at the very forefront of battling it out played yesterday evening. Uh, that Both teams elected to, to rest a, a number of players, and the Storm had too much for the Broncos. In the end, Broncos at home. I think it's 14 in a row now the Melbourne Storm have, have beaten the Brisbane Broncos. So, But Pappenhausen back in the fullback. There's lots of positive signs for, for both teams. What did you make of yesterday's game? You know, it was what I expected really with so many of the of the top-line guys out. You know, a lot of 
new talent exposed. A couple of really exciting tries. Like Anderson was good down the wing. He scored a couple of tries. And he bombed one as yeah, well. Yeah, he bombed oh. one as well. But Pappenhausen back. Yeah, like Thomas Flegler, first game as captain, 100th game I think it was. He scores, uh, opens a try, scoring. So it was an exciting night. I feel like when you have so many changes, wholesale changes in both teams, where you see that lack of cohesion is in your defensive structures, right? So we saw that last night, a lot of tries being scored, open, you know, end-to-end footies. So it was probably the game that we expected, but both teams sort of, you know, guaranteed that top four. They're not really – they're not going to change positions no matter what. So I think as a – if I was in those organisations, I would have done the same thing, made the same decisions, rest those guys because that first game of the finals in the top four, such an important opportunity for you. If you can get that done that first game, have a week off, and then versus a team who's had to come the long way into a prelim final, such an advantage. So both those teams – you know, sitting pretty now, and do they, will they play each other in the opening round? Well, of the finals? it depends what happens between Tonight. Penrith Panthers and the Cowboys on Saturday. But I think in terms of yeah, so if Penrith Panthers win, they will finish first, and then they will likely play the Melbourne Storm, assuming okay. the Warriors beat the Dragons. Okay. So there's still a little bit of fallout to happen. In all likelihood, Melbourne Storm's uh, prize for beating the Brisbane Broncos will be they get to go to play Penrith at Penrith at week one of the finals. But there's still uh, a little bit to be worked out there. I think in terms of yesterday's game, for me, I'd rather as a fan see these young players come in that are hungry. I've got a point to prove. And that was epitomized by Tristan Saylor, who likely won't play week one of finals. He was looking to light the stage up. And young Farlonga on debut as well. He was exciting to watch. And... I think as a fan, I'd rather watch that than watch 17 players basically just all on guard. Like all, like even there was a moment in, um, and and I love watching uh, Ricky play, but Anderson made an intercept and Ricky chased. And obviously he wasn't going to go all out, but I think if that's a finals game, he, he goes that extra effort and he just pulled up a little bit before it and I thought, oh, you know, the hamstring's a little bit tight. He, and you can just see, yeah. you go, ah, it's probably not worth me busting a gut because I think he could have maybe pushed Anderson out a little bit further and perhaps saved the two points. If that's a finals game, he's chasing him to the death. So I'd rather see players that want to go all out for long, for long ago. Yeah, the combination with Pappenhausen was sensational. Two players that really wanted to be there. That's what you want to see. Yeah, 100%. I completely agree. And, and you know, they had the luxury of being locked away in the top four. And their fans know that too. Their supporters know that. So they would rather see some new and exciting talent or guys who are going to get out there and, and like you say, play the game at the level that they need to to prove what they've got and the show showcase what they've got with their limited opportunities, knowing that there's bigger things down the road. There's there's a big, like I said, how important that prelim is. That's down the road. That's what they've earned by securing a top four finish this far, sorry, with a game to go no matter what. Um, and, and I think it was the right decision. I know like, not to get too off topic, but in 2016 when we made our run, we'd locked in the top four probably with five, six games to go. We lost quite a few on the way home and people thought that we were in a in a form slump, but really, you know, that team that we had, we had so much experience in that team. Like Gowes was pushing 300 games, Luke Lewis was pushing 300 games, Hyington, Mickey Ennis, Jimmy Maloney, all these experienced guys. And not that we ever went out there, you know, and parked the game, but you could tell that their mind was just getting to September healthy. And to just, peak at the right time. It was tre- like we were treading water, yeah. basically waiting for the end of the season, waiting for the finals to roll around because, like you said, you play 
you do play a bit on guard just so mm. you know because there's bigger things down the road. So definitely the right decision by the Storm and, and Broncos and no doubt we'll see the same in the Penrith game. I, I expect quite a few of their stars to be rested and, and saved if they have some bumps and bruises because the big games are just around the corner. Yeah, well, two of those teams that can't afford to rest, in fact, they're hampered by injuries and suspensions, uh, are South Sydney and the Sydney Roosters, who come up against each other this evening. It promises to be a cracker, a, another addition to the Book of Feuds. Uh, what are you expecting from tonight's game? And, you know, should the NRL consider replacing suspension with ultimately all fines? Two different things there. We'll talk about the game tonight first. You know, I know around the traps um, on our mean Woodsy and Maroon being a South supporter, we've been eyeing this game off for quite a while. The potential it had and the ramifications if results went different ways that these two teams could be playing each other for a spot in the finals last round of the years, the oldest rival in the game um, with it all on the line. And I think no matter what, it's, it is disappointing that we're missing some of the guns. Latrell obviously out, Manu out, Hargraves out. Tupo ruled out today. So it is disappointing we're missing those guys. Burgess but is out from suspension Burgess as well. is out from suspension. But there's going to be fireworks no matter what with these two. They hate each other. The clubs hate each other with a passion. The fiercest rivalry in the game. And ultimately, unless it goes down to the wire, the result's going to be known by either team 10, 15 minutes to go. So you can't tell me, say Victor Radley's on the end of a losing scoreline with 10 minutes to go. If he goes in my head, if my season's over, I may as well take someone out with me. So that, that's that's the that's the danger of what could happen here. If the game gets away from either team, that they just go, forget yeah, this. Yeah, I'm forget just going to yeah. cause some carnage. But in actual game, I, I look at it like the tip in the scales and it's almost like what gets re removed or added on. Like I think the Roosters have had so many people taken away from their scales. Obviously, South yeah. South have had a few as well. I'm just slightly, slightly in favor of South Sydney, considering, you know, no Manu, no Tupo, that's massive, no Hargreaves. For me, if the Roosters are going to win, it's going to come down to some Sam Walker brilliance. Um, obviously, Kiri, and, Tedesco, you know, yeah. Swali, he, he needs another game like he had last week. I thought he was sensational. Uh, for South, it's, it's just complete high they, they need to complete high and and get that left edge humming because what they've let themselves down in recent weeks by just making too many errors and making life difficult for themselves yeah I think I, I lean towards South too obviously it's been well documented the last couple of weeks you know how much has been coming out of there yeah uh, and how much they need a response they right? need a response Respond. And I, I think as a playing group because they had such a long time right between games there was a lot of heat um, outside heat coming at them early in that bit but it's sort of quietened down now because, you know, just time's moved on and there's other stories around. But at some stage I would have imagined the leaders of the of the playing group would have got that team together, bunkered down, they're all against us, they're all got the knives out. We need to really galvanise as a group. And there's an opportunity for us if we get this result to play in the finals and like you shut said, shut everybody up. Shut everybody up. And if they get their footy right, they're still a great footy team. They're still leading the comp you know, midway through the year. So they have the potential there that if they get their footy right, if they get rid of the errors, if they shore up their defence, like a team with Cam Murray, Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, come finals time, if they get it right on the night, they can threaten anyone. Well, so they've proved it. They, they, they've beat, they've gone back to back to back victories. They beat Brisbane, they beat Penrith, and they beat the Storm. 
all in a period of three weeks. So I think most teams will be watching this hoping Souths don't win because especially the teams that are in the top eight, they know they can give it a shake and they're fresh off a bye. I thought the bye, perfect timing for them brings the group together and you draw that line in the sand and say, yeah. lads, it's just against the world here. They can't wait for us to fail. We've got to go after this game tonight and then we're just going to go on the run. We need five top quality games to focus on today and the rest will take care of itself. But on that suspension thing, yeah. like, should we look to introduce, scrap the suspensions and it just be all pure monetary fines? I think the thing we've got to be careful with, um, with the fines, because they've already brought it in for grade ones, right? Realistically, yeah. any grade one is is a fine already. So if guys are missing games, it's for something more serious than a grade one. So Latrell's incident was um, the elbow, uh, completely unnecessary to Tyson Frizzell. He got a grade two dangerous contact charge. Hargraves was a headbutt on the other front rower, which is a grade two dangerous contact charge, which is – these aren't little slight misdemeanors. These are things that are unnecessarily in our game – and a heat of the motion decisions that are made that are acts of foul play. But then the other argument on, on that is we don't want our best players missing our big games. And with the fine system, but already, how far can you push it? Because guys are already getting $3,000 fines if they've had a couple accumulate over time. Yeah, how know, far? That, that, how, that's it. For, for me, like, it just de-incentivizes discipline. We see players do some stupid things anyway, and probably I was one of those players that did that. But if I know I'm only going to get fined, like, yeah. Well, I, but And it's all well and good for players the, the, who are the big, yeah, the big and money. Yeah, what hurts like, people the most? It's missing game, games. Missing games. Well, I'd like to think yeah, so. Yeah, 100% missing I'd like, games. I'd like to think that that hurts people the most is oh, missing games. So uh, 100% agree with missing games. But the other thing too is how far do we push it? Like, we're only talking about these guys because they're the top of the game, top of the curve. Yeah. Like on a lot, like on money, they can probably pay the fines. If you look at the guys, the majority of the squad who are on not that much money compared to the stars, which make up the bulk of the NRL squad, you know, if you get a $3,000 fine twice a month, that's $6,000. You know, that that's that's more than half a lot of these guys' pay packet. Like that, but then we start to put financial duress you know, we're talking about mortgages, yeah. like looking after families. There's a lot that goes into it. It's a, it's a, like how far can you push it that it's an acceptable level just to keep finding players? Yeah, well, if they bought it in, I reckon Jared Rory Hargreaves would go in for a renegotiation to say, look, I'm going to take this amount of money. I want a clause in my contract that the club has to pay my fines because <laughs> I, if, if I don't get some games suspended and the fines keep topping off. You need off, to just put a little bit aside. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, an, an offset account yeah, on your fines. So, before. yeah, they'll uh, accumulate pretty quickly. All right, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back soon. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Footy Talk. It's me, James Graham, joined by Wade Graham, which is great. We get a bit of a preview for a huge game on Sunday. The Sharks coming up against the Canberra Raiders and Wade's Definitely the final home game at Shark Park, right? Because well, the regular the, season. But the Sharks can't play a finals game. No, nah, I think there is talk. Oh, the if they possibly. flipped it yeah, back. They flipped it back for round one um, of the finals. So it's, it's that's just still to be played out. You know what I'm saying? We take one week at a time in this oh, game. Because, boring players. Yeah. Boring but old players. Listen, it's been really nice this last month I've had it at the club. Um, Obviously, started with going over to Perth for my two fiftieth for the club um, to become the third ever Sharks player to do that. I didn't even realise that stat until it came up, which is quite—it was quite a nice thing. 
considering I didn't start my career there, I started and spent three years, you know, I was a Penrith junior, spent three years playing at Penrith. So I didn't realise sort of those achievements would still be on a radar. Not quite a one game, uh, one club player, but a significant amount of time at a single club. So we started with that and because it was over in Perth, it didn't quite work out for my partner and kids to come across with the flights. We were supposed to be on the red eye back over there. Um, and there was always going to be a, you know, a re-celebration at our next home game anyway. So we decided to split it. So selfishly for me, I got mum and dad just to come over and there was some good quality time with my parents sort of reflecting on on the achievement. And then we come back home and the club organised that dinner for my ex-teammates and my current teammates, ex influential figures in my career and then that's when I decided to announce my retirement so we got to celebrate that nice and now to wrap it like wrap the month I get to have you know my last regular season game at points bet shark park on father's day Sunday afternoon how good is that my dad will be in the crowd I'll have my boys there they'll be on the field with me um it's just a really really nice way for me to bow out at the club in in regular season games so I feel very fortunate with the way the, the cards have, have fallen for me. Um, and we're certainly looking forward to, to Sunday afternoon now. We've got about 60 people coming from, you know, people, ex-players and uh, friends and family. I think even my first boss is coming who years and years ago I used to work as a cleanup boy in his butcher shop. Uh, he's even coming down. So a guy who I grew up with and, yeah, it'll be, it'll be nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool like, to, to realise the impact that you, you have on people's lives there, Wade, and, um, is there a specific memory? Obviously, you know, the, the grand final victory is, is pride and place, but sometimes those home grounds, they, they hold a, a special place in your heart for, for different reasons. Is there something that, that springs to mind for you? It's hard to pinpoint one, right, because there's been a lot, a lot of things over the years. I, I think sort of a sliding doors moment for me was I had an opportunity to leave the club at the end of 2014. Um, I was off contract and South had just won the comp. That they were pretty heavily in for me. And they're like, obviously, Sammy was, uh, Sammy Burgess was at the club. G.I. was at the club. Um, Adam Reynolds, a guy who I'd played a lot with. I was talking with Michael Maguire, you know, who's the coach at the club at the time. And they put down a really good offer for me. And then we were off the back of the Asada period. So we played some good footy, but 2014, we got the spoon. It was difficult that time, that period of my career. And, you know, I seriously considered leaving just for a fresh start, like try and get out of what had been happening. Um, a fresh start at a club that was going well. They were really, they were really flying at the time. But something in, in, in inside me said, no, like I, I needed to stay at Cronulla. Like we had more to give. I knew what the team was capable of. I knew the direction the club was going. Um, and there was just this little thing inside of me, you know, because I'd been there since 2011 and put in a lot of hard work. And although that we'd had, you know, we'd had our issues through the start the Asada period, you know, I still felt a commitment to the club and to the players and the, and the team that was there. I still felt like we had something to offer and something to give. And ultimately for me, it was the best decision ever because you know, fast forward two seasons and we win the, the maiden premiership for the club. So I think that memory of backing, sort of backing my teammates, backing myself, backing the club to rise out of the, the, the bad period and to achieve the success that we did, um, that's what I'm really proud of. Like, because it was, it was a risk, right? And like we'd won the spoon in 2014 and had the Asada issues and Souths were flying. But the, that little back in my instinct and that little voice inside my head that said, no, nah, no, nah, we, we got something here and we're going to get out there and do it. And then going on to actually do it is something that I like, it might not mean anything to anyone else. 
But the decision that I made in that moment for myself and to go out and, and get it done, that's a decision that I'm 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 really proud of. That's um fascinating memories from your time there. It's funny you you are in a period of reflection. Obviously you've got four big games, but you know, announcing your retirement, you do look back and, and think about those days and it's great to to share that story. It's easy to to look for the door and the, and the exit and think I'm going to jump ship, but sometimes staying solid and staying true is uh, is the best course of action. Talking of the sharks and and that resurgence, you know, you speak about the the that's over a period of years. In recent weeks, we've seen the addition uh, of Tracy and Trindle come into the team. You don't want to see guys get injured, but but with Kennedy and Moylan dropping out, I think most people thought, oh, the, the Sharks might be done. But those two guys have come in and done a fantastic job. Yeah, well, they're, they're two talented guys. We'll, we'll talk to Connor first. So Connor was actually starting for us in the centres um, a couple of seasons ago. Yes, he was. He was. He was our, he was our starter. And Sifat Talakai was in the back row. Yes, or I remember. As a middle forward. Um, but he's always, Sifat came through as a centre, outside back. So he always had that in him. And then because of the injury, he got um, injured. Sifa got the the starting job there in the centres. And as can potentially happen in our industry in sport, is he took the opportunity with both hands and he shot the lights out, Sifa. He had that game against Manly. Remember, he, he had oh, one, yeah, he one half of footy where he completely tore him apart. And he really dominated that position um, and made it his own and, and made himself, you know, undroppable there. And it was his position to lose. And unfortunately for Connor when he came back from the injury, it was sort of like, well, where where could we get him in? And it wasn't left centre anymore because Sifu was there. It wasn't a fullback because Will Kennedy was there. You can't replace Ramian in the right centres or either winger. And Connor's versatility is one of his strengths. He always, when was given an opportunity, whether it be through injury on the wing or left centre, right centre, he always did the job fantastically. He's a, he's a talented player. But he just didn't get an opportunity to really extend and play in that position for long because he was only covering guys for one or two weeks. Um, so we never had any doubt about Connor's ability and he's done a fantastic job for us now at the back and it's really a good reward for him to continue to work hard despite not playing, not receiving that many opportunities because of the guys who are in front of him, just persevering and, and keeping his head down, never whinging, just getting on with it. Um, and now he sees some opportunity now and he's getting the raps that he deserves because he's been outstanding for us. The way he plays is full tilt. He's energizer bunny. He's all over the place. He runs hard. He's safe. He carries hard out of the backfield, which in these big games is, is what you need from your, your OBs. Tricky's a bit of a different situation. He's a half. There's been no doubt about his talent for quite a while. He's always done the job for us, you know, when he's had an opportunity. I just think with a half, and we see it all the time, young halves come in and get the keys to the kingdom straight away and, they have their good games and they get the the necessary reps they get with the good games, but then they have their bad games as well. It's, it's a, it's it a, happens so much. It so happens. With young halves coming in and out, like come in and it's a tough competition to maintain. I don't think a lot of people realize how difficult it is to be at the top of your game week to week at a young age in the halves. And, you know, when you do go through those tough periods, the people are quick to come with the criticism. <laughs> yeah, they sure are. Now, the same people that build, you, build them up you know, for their wonderful ability um, and their skills and their, you know, when we're going well, particularly in the halves are the same ones that get torn down when the team isn't going well, which is going to happen eventually. Fitzy's done a really good job with tricks, sort of holding him back for longer than was necessary just so he had the ability to stay hungry, push, learn his craft. So when he 
given this opportunity now, Tricky, he's he's not a 21-year-old half. He's a 23-year-old half with a lot more experience, a lot better temperament to handle the games, to handle the ups and downs, the criticisms, the pats on the back. And we, we see it all the time in young halves. They come in, they go, well, but because they haven't necessarily gone through the the level of maturity and learning that they have to, when the hard times come, you know, they can be washed out and, and never to be seen again because it's a key position you are, that you do have the keys to the team. So you need to be ready to handle that pressure and everything that comes with it. And I think now that we're we only seeing the start of Braden Trindle, like he's going to be finished this year, no matter how we go, he's going to be confident and, and feel very satisfied with the back end of this season and where he belongs in the team and the club. So when he comes back next year for preseason, he will be in the mindset of an out-and-out first-grade halfback, 5'8", you know, that that key man, and he'll prepare a whole preseason with that mentality. And for the club long-term, you know, that's the best thing. That, that's, the, that's the best mindset for him to be in. And although it's taken probably a little longer than people might, might have thought was necessary, like in the long run for the club and for him, you know, he's going to be a 10-year half now instead of being maybe a two or three-year in, yeah. in and out guy and just lacking confidence, lacking his ability. Like the belief he has now will hold him instead for the next 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, the same with Connor Tracy as yeah. well. There'll be plenty of clubs. Like, you know, you, you talk about finding a position for, for people. Both of those players are too good not to be playing first grade each and every week. So whether it's at the Sharks or somewhere else, I'm sure there'll be plenty of teams knocking on the door and checking on their availability. But Wado, we wish you uh, all the very best for your experience on Sunday. Soak it all up. The stars have aligned at home. Final game of the season. Uh, wishing you all the best on Father's Day there as well. Ah, thanks, Jimmy. It's uh, been great chatting this morning. All right. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Footy Talk. We'll be back next week. 